welcome back. Bird's eye view. When it comes to the Orioles, this sometimes weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for basis opinion. Today is April 29th, 2019. This is episode 265. My name is Scott Magnus. And I'm Jake English. And on this week's show, we're going to take you around the bases in Birdland. We'll also raise some attention to a very important cause. And we'll do all of that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you drinking this evening? I'm drinking a gin and tonic with Hendrix, heavy on the lime. Mm. Oh boy, what a drink. Now, what kind of tonic are we using there? Just a uh, whatever Safeway was selling. Gotcha. In the glass bottles. In the glass, little glass, Schweppes maybe? Little glass bottles? Schweppes? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm drinking a orange beverage. Nice. Okay. Uh, halfway bit, to the drunk Gary Thorne. Halfway to the drunk Gary Thorne. Uh, a little sugary. Okay. Um, but it's a, a Gatorade thirst quencher uh, orange flavor. And why is this happening? Uh, trying to hydrate from a very difficult weekend. No, no, no. That's not the reason. What I was told when I arrived at SD Studios is that you would rather drink this than the Bud Light in your fridge. Hence why it was a difficult weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Look, uh, eventually I will stop by the store because I am not under any um, advisement to say, hey, I, I can't purchase beer this year. So uh, when I get out to Independent uh, in Bel Air, uh, I will pick up some, some beer uh, for the time being. I have um, terrible tasting water uh, in my fridge because my wife insisted that I buy it for a party uh, because people would want to drink it. And then lo and behold, when I went out to the cooler to see how much Bud Light was remaining, uh, the entire case was still remaining. Oh, boy. What a beer. If you're interested to see what Scott is not drinking on Untapped, please find him at? magn 8606 or you can just check my fridge. <laughs> I'm at Jake E 4025 And with that, let's go ahead and dabble on over into the medical wing. Yes, Alex Cobb, it is time for your checkup. Um, so, Jake, um, Alex Cobb, back on to the 10-day IL, uh, effective as of April 28th, retroactive actually back to the 27th. Um, lumbar strain, you know, this is just an ongoing, um, you know, problem with him um, since he got injured during the first week. You know, I remember him getting injured, and I said, you know, this seems like it's going to be an injury that's going to last for several weeks. And lo and behold, he shows up. Doesn't pitch that great, but continually struggles through it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't pitch that great? Yeah, he didn't pitch that great. You have a bigger understatement? I mean, he had a few games that he serviced by. The Hindenburg was a little toasty? Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not Mike Wright. Okay. <laughs> He's not Kevin Gregg. He Fair didn't light himself on fire. Fair enough. But, you know, it certainly was not the Alex Cobb that we were expecting, and it certainly wasn't the Alex Cobb that you want to see out there. So... You know, ultimately, I think this gets into, um, you know, Alex Cobb needs to go off. He needs to, you know, heal for several weeks, probably three to four weeks. And then he's going to need to go out and do minor league rehab assignments. So, you know, maybe late May, probably early June, you know, it, it's going to be a while. Um, and I really am questioning 
why did the Orioles feel like they needed to rush him back? Like, what was the incentive? Like, hey, we need to get you back out here as soon as possible. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's go back to the Austin Wins discussion that we had in the preseason. You know, do they need to rush him back? No, of course not. There's nothing about this season that's important. You've got to have these people healthy. Um, I did think it was funny that Alex Cobb talked about the baseballs right after he got shellacked the first time by the Twins. Um, look, the baseballs are they're hot. There's something different about the baseballs. That's not in question. Don't talk about that right after you get killed. Don't don't do it. It's not a good look. It's like saying Canyon Yards is a bandbox and the balls always fly out of there really quickly. Right. Yeah. Uh, Trey Mancini, uh, wrist injury. Yeah, it says wrist injury, but I thought it was finger because, and again, wrist injury comes directly from the, right. the injured list on MLB.com. But yeah, he, he's got his fingers taped together, as Sarah Perlman told us on the yeah. uh, on the No, 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 the tonight. tape is off now. So <laughs> he's he's good to go, except he had still a tape on his fingers. He, he found the ball off his hands, right? Yeah. Do you think that Trey Mancini was sitting in the locker room, took the tape off his fingers and said, hey, Sarah, no tape on my fingers, I'm good to go. And then he called the trainer and said, hey, can you re-wrap me up again? No, I think he just is so used to using that finger Oh, okay. That it's it's worn out a little bit. <sighs> uh, Richard Blyer, of course, still dealing with his left shoulder tendonitis. That was the saddest announcement of Richard Blyer's injury. Yeah, well, you know, Dick tendonitis is not a good one. No? No. No, no it's not. Um, Nate Carnes, still dealing with right, right forearm, forearm strains, um, was expected to have rehab, um, and he's been transferred to AA as of April 25th. Great. Okay. Yeah. Whatevs. Uh maybe important with Alex Cobb being gone for a significant period of time. Maybe Nate Carnes is, you know, an individual who can come up and actually act, access some decent service time. And then Mark Trumbo. Still uh, live. Still live. Mark Trumbo is. Are we sure? No. Okay. But notably Austin wins completely off the injured list. And again, back with our bottom Orioles, which we'll get into a little bit later. Anybody else that we're missing from the medical wing? No, no, just some bruised egos. Okay. Well, with that, let's go ahead and go 280 character less uh, this week on the Twitters. Jake, take us away. All right. This one, I got to say, this one is just well done. And when you talk about tweets that are well done that have to do with the Baltimore Orioles, of course, you have to talk about John Mioli. John Mioli tweets at John Mioli. Michael Givens gets the eighth inning, starting with number six hitter Wellington Castillo. It's not exactly the meat of the order, but these may not uh, these may have been judged as the most important outs of the game. The Orioles lead 4-2. Now, he claims that he did not do this on purpose. But he obviously did. But he obviously did. Yeah, even if he didn't on purpose did it, his subconscious basically said, I want to go ahead and put this artfully crafted tweet out there. So, John, very well done. Next tweet comes from Rockabaco. It goes as follows. Cobb says, we've been giving up too many home runs as a staff, and I don't want to get too much into it, but the baseballs are just absolutely ridiculous. And, of course, this is you know exactly what you're talking about with Alex Cobb. And again, just presented in a very poor fashion. Not the right time to be bringing it up. It's true, but presented terribly. Yeah. There were 29 other clubs out there on that night that did not behave like a Little League team. Ugh. All right. This next tweet. um, A Jake English Little League team. Right. Hey, the Jake English managed uh, Little League team is doing just fine. Thank you. I lost my uh, perfect season, but it's still going very well. Uh, this is from Orioles Uncensored. How many rings do you have? Let's let's not get there yet. Okay. It's, it's, a long, it's a long season. There are a lot of fruit snacks to be given out first. 
Uh, from Orioles Uncensored, at O's Uncensored, let me be the first to congratulate Mike Wright on his 2020 Cy Young. Yep, we, uh, we all knew that was coming. Next week goes into the category of, if we could support Chris Davis, we can support anyone. This week comes from Betsy Helfand, at Betsy Helfand. Former Orioles Johnson Scope hits a three-run blast in his return to Baltimore. Fair number of Orioles fans are applauding and cheering for him. I mean, why wouldn't you cheer for Johnson Scope? Absolutely. He may be my favorite Oriole this year. And Nelson Cruz. Cheer for Nelson Cruz. That's right. That's right. All right, next we have a tweet from Nathan Ruiz. This, of course, is a, the newest member of the Orioles beat. If you're not following, it's at Nathan S. Ruiz. He had a great tweet, by the way, coming back to the Twins uh, segment, um, where he was talking about Nelson Cruz. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, uh, Nelson Cruz steps to the plate, and there seems to be a smattering of clapping and boos. And someone said, actually, I think they're chanting Cruz, not booze. And I was just like, yeah, it's a guy that hasn't been on the beat very long. Nathan Ruiz tweets as follows. There have been 12 position, position player Orioles pitching appearances uh, in franchise history. 25% of them have been in 2019. Wow. That's, that's, uh, hmm. I'm actually surprised it was only 12. Like you would have yeah. thought that, you know, Earl would have thrown more people out there. Just be like, you know what? You gave me grief in the locker room today. Go ahead and get out there. I would have thought that in 14 years of losing, it would have been worse than that. Look, we had standards back then. Hmm. Not good standards, but standards nonetheless. Ah, the more time passes, the more I miss the captain. This tweet comes from Kristen Hudak at Kristen M. Hudak. It sucks, but you've got middle-aged white men telling everybody else, what to do in the world. And that quote comes directly from simply uh, AJ 10 in regards to comments about Tim Anderson and, um, you know, all the issues with how the game is played. It's a good article that's linked there. Uh, you should definitely read it. This, you know, coming from two white suburban dudes telling you to, to read an article on uh, major league baseball and its issue with race, but, but we're woke. <laughs> Go is, check is, that, it out. is that, that not the appropriate usage of it? You are far Wakanda forever. We are far Far too old to no. say woke. All right. Lastly, let's look at a tweet. Your way works in the city. We're allowed to say woke, right? That's the way this works, right? No. no. No? This next tweet comes to us from MLB Trade Rumors. The hashtag Orioles are listening on Michael Givens per at Ken Rosenthal. I assume this is the real Ken underscore Rosenthal. And then there's a uh, a link to the article. Well, of course the Orioles are listening on Michael Givens. Of course, they'll listen to anyone about anyone. I can't believe people are spending ink on that. I mean, based off the you know mediocre return that we got for Zach Britton, I mean, what are we expecting to get back from Michael Givens? Yeah, I, I, I hear all that, but the Orioles should be listening to offers of every kind. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they should be listening and, you know, you know, dialing up the phones and just being like, please take away our players. Mike, Mike Elias said he wanted to raise the level of talent in this organization. And the best way to do that is to swap out people that are in the organization for people that are from outside of the organization. You are right. And that actually gets into one of the conversations that I wanted to start with around the basis. So let's take a quick break uh, and we'll get right into that coming back.
All right, Jake, so we were talking about, and we're going to head over to first base, and we were talking about how the Orioles are constantly trying to improve their team. You know, they are going out there and listening to trade offers from folks. And I want to start at first base with, you know, this shuffling of deck chairs on that Titanic, as it were. And there has been a flurry of activity moves um, within the transactions. So, you know, just in the the past few days, we've had, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Yacobonis optioned. We had Jesus Sucre designated for assignment. We had Sharon Armstrong claimed off of waivers. Brandon Klein was recalled from Norfolk. Luis Ortiz was recalled from Norfolk. Austin Wins was recalled from Norfolk. Um, Sean Armstrong just just disappeared into the the abyss. I don't know what happened to him because you would have thought that he would have coming up to the major league roster, but apparently he's not. Um, Jeffrey Ramirez was recalled. It just the Orioles literally shook the boggle board and just said, "All right, let's just see what name comes up." Now we missed out on on an episode last week, right? Yeah, and. In that time, since we were gone, the Orioles made 26 roster moves, or 26 transactions. Let's put it that way. That is a... 26. A, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's circa 2012, I would say, in terms of Baltimore Orioles kind of roster management. But, you know, we did lose, you know, certain players. Rest in peace, Mike Wright. It was nice knowing you. Um, there'll be a whore crux rating for you. Um <laughs> It just Cedric Mullins going down was another you know move that kind of makes sense based off of all his poor performances at the plate. So I, I'm interested. I, I think I'm I'm I feel two ways sure. about what happened. First, it's kind of nice that poor performance isn't excused in a lost season, right? Cedric Mullins is not hitting, and so I'm sorry, Chris Davis. What? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Chris Davis, uh, Cedric Mullins is not hitting, and so they sent him down to the minors. Okay, um, it, it would be easy to just continue to send him out there and say it doesn't matter. Let's see if he can hit his way out of it. Okay, right? I I would prefer that the Orioles bring up another outfielder that might have a chance of showing us something we don't already know. Instead, we have. I'm going to be the caterpillar from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Ooh. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. But instead, we've got Joey Rickard, quote-unquote, playing center field. Um, the other thing, the other side of this, the other emotion I'm experiencing is, um, what about what about Jesus Sucre's play was so horrible that not only did they uh, bring up another catcher, but they have DFA'd him and likely lost him from the organization. Was Sucre... Were Sucre's contributions so minimal that they were willing to simply lose him from the organization altogether? I felt I felt like that was strong a reaction given his performance compared to the rest of the team. Um so he had a 39 weighted runs created plus. Yes. So a, a leader is what you're telling me? Was he a team leader then? Uh I, I I'm saying <laughs> that he was a individual that you know had his cup of coffee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh promptly could move moved on while you still have players like Austin Wins and Chan Cisco in the minors that you eventually had to bring up. And it's also possible that he wouldn't have even made this club at all had Austin Wins been healthy. Correct. All right. All right. You talked me out of it, but I just thought it was odd. Yeah. I mean he was one of our better pitchers, let's give him that. He was one of our better pitchers. But uh, again, that's not 
something I'm going to cry and lose sleep over. Rick Dempsey may. Did did any of these moves surprise you? Um, you know, I, I I think the one that surprised me the most, just in terms of the suddenness of it, was Sucre a little bit. Um, you know, past that, no, I think all the moves that were kind of made make sense. I don't think there's any dynamic move here. I think this is more Norfolk Shuttle than anything else. Um, but it is nice to see Mike Wright being designated for assignment and just being like, this, it's not going to happen. I agree with you that I'd rather see Cedric Mullins in Norfolk trying to establish his offensive production rather than, you know, continually to struggle up in the Bangers. Um, But past that, no, like I'm um, nothing, nothing here really surprised me whatsoever. Um, it, it is what it is. I, I do think it's it's interesting to see the Orioles send clearly minor league arms down to the minors and replace them with, wait for it, clearly minor league arms. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Yacobonis is one, Luis Ortiz, um, another good example. But, you know, I, I come back to the point that you were making before about Cedric Mullins, and, you know, I agree with you. I would love to have seen someone come up in his place that – was a certified, you know, outfielder as opposed to Steve Wilkerson. Um, but again, there's nobody out there. And, you know, when I watched Joey Rickard out there in center field and there was a, I believe it was a post from um, Jeff Sullivan uh, where he was indicating the hit probability of a ball that was in play, I believe from Sunday's game. And it was a 99% probability that would have been an out based off of the exit velocity that came off the bat and the launch angle that it came out as. And lo and behold, uh, it happened to fall right between Dwight Smith and Joey Rickard for a hit. Yeah. And that was a two-run RBI, too. So, again, the Orioles lost that game 4-1, to one, so maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference. But I'd rather have it be a 2-1 to one game than anything else. Uh, we're also watching Hanser Alberto play uh, the outfield this evening, um, who literally just pulled out a card from his pocket so he could know where he would need to be positioned I, no, no, I I don't think that's what it was. So it was a note from mom basically saying, I packed you a PB&J. Congratulations on being in the outfield. No, it's a flight schedule oh, from okay. Chicago to Norfolk. Okay. <laughs> Hanser Alberta, by the way, is I, I'm pretty sure that he's the Ryan Flaherty of 2019. I, I don't think he is the Ryan Flaherty. No, if you're not in love with Hanser Alberto, oh, no, you no, need no, to no, get no, on no. board. I, I'm in love with him, but he's not my Ryan Flaherty. He's my Chris Dickerson. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I little 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 jaunt. I uh, I take it back. Yeah. You, you are righter than yeah. me. All right. Let's let's go to second base, Scotty. I do not want to see the Twins anymore ever again. I'm glad I don't have to see the Twins anymore. Um, having said all that, we're probably going to say that about a lot of teams we play this season. Yeah. Uh, but the Twins have been beating us for quite some time. I think this was their twelfth consecutive victory over the Orioles. I mean, that's, that's a laundry. Lot. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But uh, in the six games. That the Orioles played the Twins, two of which uh, Henry and I were present for in the day-night doubleheader, or I'm sorry, the single admission doubleheader. Uh, the Orioles gave up, and I did the math on this, 45 home runs hmm. in six games. Hmm. And that is, hang on a sec, a lot. A lot? It's a lot of home runs. Hmm. It's yeah. a lot. But remember, the, the baseballs. Baseball is some, you know, all some, messed up. Something. That's why the Orioles were hitting... Home runs left and right. Oh, man. It was uh, – I'm not going to miss the Twins. What is it about the AL Central that gives the Orioles so much grief? Hmm. Uh, I think it's because they are uh, bona fide major league clubs. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Just like in 2014. Mm. That was... You want to play Summer Song? That was not That was not nice. No, that wasn't nice. Uh, Jake, going to third base, uh, we talked about the ever-constructed uh, changing roster. And I asked you this question, and we brought this up with Michael Givens. Is there any trade value on this club as of right now? Sure, yeah. Um, are you interested in these magic beans? Okay. Um, I'm interested, potentially. I, I think... If the season goes the way it's going now, uh, that the Orioles would never do it, but they could probably flip Trey Mancini for... <laughs> um, oh, that's adorable. Something. Wait, wait, wait. I can try again. Um, they could trade Michael Givens, who they are listening to offers okay. for. For um, Okay, hang on. International slot money? They could trade Andrew Kashner and his contract away for... Um. Okay, so the Orioles. Do, I do think Andrew Kashner could get traded. Sure. Yeah, they, I think all three of those guys could get traded. I think Andrew Kashner may have the best likelihood of being traded. And you know, I bring up a few points here. Again, last year of his contract, mm-hmm. so it makes the most amount of sense for him to get out of here. Um, you know, pitching to a four point one eight ERA. Again, the case per nine is not really there, but you know. I, there's a lot to like 53.4% ground ball rate. Again, the home runs are high at 14.3, but Hey, maybe but he, he played the twins, right? And <laughs> maybe he gets into a nationally ballpark and everything is okay. Again, I don't see Andrew Kashner as, you know, anything more than, you know, a third or fourth starter, uh, for a team. And again, you know, I think about, you know, Miguel Gonzalez being traded and stuff like that. Like I could see Andrew Kashner pulling in, you know, a little bit of a hole, maybe, Maybe a top 150 prospect, maybe one. But again, why wouldn't you do that? Like, that's great. We should do that in a heartbeat. Let me ask you this. This is the way I'm I'm trying to look at it. How high on the prospect list per team? Not the, you know, not the uh, 100 or the, the 200 list. What ranked position would a team give up for a guy like Andrew Kashner? Eight? Tops. Yeah, eight I, I maybe. I you're lucky to get into the top 10. Maybe eight. But, again, how does that 11th best prospect in somebody else's team compare with the Orioles' uh, you know, haul in the cupboard right now? And ultimately, who cares? Again, we just talked about this before. The Orioles are stocking up on players mm-hmm. and trying to develop them into something else. So, yes, uh, the Orioles do have trade chips, but it's yes, but. Don't expect anything of value to come back. Sure. I would agree. All right, let's go to home plate. I'm excited about this one, Scotty. Let's do it. Let's talk about Chris Davis. Oh, the crusher. You know what? He just might be the crusher. Now, Chris Davis was notably bad for quite some time. Really? No, don't don't be shocked. Let me check my answer. Yep, that's true. That checks out, yeah. He was uh he was hitless. It was ugly. It was not. It was not a good look. But since that, uh, since that terrible over forever, he's batting two sixty nine with three home runs and a nine seventy five OPS. All right. So I don't really care about the batting average. Of course not. Uh, the nine seventy five OPS though. Keep talking to me. Yeah, yeah. He's a. Uh, he's been a player. I, I wouldn't say he's been amazing. Are we talking a player or a player? No, he's been a baseball player. Okay. Um, have you seen the beard though? Yeah, could yeah. be a player. 
I, I, I am encouraged by what I see in the fact that it is now conceivable to me that Chris Davis might not be an ungodly black hole of production in 2019. So are we talking like um, cosmic waste? Yes. As opposed to black hole? Dark matter. Okay. Um, but here, here are some interesting things about this. First of all, and this is perhaps the funniest thing, the fans are still uber behind Chris Davis. Mm. It, it's almost gotten to the point where he's our mascot, um, which I, I kind of dig. Because it's gone from a place of booing him on opening day to sarcastically clapping for him to actually rooting for him. Are we actually rooting for him? Or are we I, still sarcastically yes, no, clapping? No, no. I have been in the ballpark. People are are legitimately into it. Are these people intoxicated? Not all of them. Do they want to make America great again? No. I, I think that the fans are actually behind Chris Davis, which I I find an interesting Why? study in human. I don't know, but it's a thing. It's a real thing. Why? I don't know. But it's fun. I find it fun. I find that fun. Yeah, but you find like certain 1960s like pop music fun. That yes. doesn't mean it's good music. Yeah, I, it, it is enjoyable, though it right. shouldn't be. Um, here's you would take the last train to Clarksville. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Um, you have not yet made me a believer. Uh, he's not too valuable. Anymore, Do you see this Scott? face? I've seen. <laughs> he's not too valuable. And what I mean by that is he's sitting. And not just when he's sick. He's sitting against lift, lefties. He's sitting so that guys like Rio Ruiz and Renato Nunez can get at bats at first base. I'm not sure that Rio, Rio Ruiz or Renato Nunez should be playing first base. But to get their bats in the lineup at the same time, that's where they're ending up. And they're doing so over the contract status of one Christopher Davis. He's not too big to fail at this point. They're even throwing him out there on the mound the way they used to before he was the gazillion dollar man. Chris Davis is just one of many now. And I think that that has the possibility of making him not nuclear waste. All right. So, Jake, I think we have to have an intervention here because, um, you know, we're talking about the cheering. We're talking about the getting excited. Mm -hmm. And I believe we may have another Brian Roberts situation on our hands here where the individual has gone through so many medical issues, as it were, that you're just happy to see him out there and playing. And it's like watching, you know, an individual going out there and being like, Way to go get your glove, kid. Way to not hit your head, your the bat against your head. It's just, it's the participation trophy. So we're just cheering him along for the participation trophy. I have zero, <laughs> zero qualms about the fact that I have raised, uh, lowered the bar so low that it is, it is, it is below ground. I, yeah. I, I totally get that. But that's better than the other conversation we could be having right yeah. now. So, right? Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, so we are in, in essence, dubbing home plate. The hashtag, the Chris Davis watch. I'm not ready for that. No, only certain players get a watch. It was Brian Roberts. It was Nick Markakis. Look, if Chris Davis finds himself into a contract, sit, uh, uh, a free agency contract situation, I might give him the watch. But I'm not giving Chris Davis the watch just yet. Okay. Not on my watch. Wait. No, it's not happening. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure that we were okay with that. Absolutely. 
Uh, Scotty, I, I feel, you know, we've, we've joked around a little bit around the bases, but we need to get serious. Okay. Because there's something happening right now. And, uh, you know, Alex Cobb alluded to it a little bit and we've danced around the issue, but we need to get serious about this issue. And, um, you know, we've put a little something together for our listeners to draw attention to this real problem. Things are not as cheery as they could be here in Birdland, but all is not lost. Orioles games are not the most depressing thing that you can see on TV. No, for that you may turn to national political coverage on cable news or perhaps watch season one of Caillou with your preschooler. And if you're not a parent, do not. Do not do that. Uh, But by far, the most depressing thing you can see on TV sometimes is the commercials. And no, no, I am not referring to the gangrene of the genitals commercial that you constantly see on Masson. No, I mean commercials like this. At seemingly every single Orioles game, a baseball is violently abused. And of the ten dozen or so baseballs used in a Major League Baseball game, not all can escape such a terrible fate. For many, help is not coming. And with the 2019 Orioles pitching staff, these terrible acts are inevitable. Hi, I'm Jake English. Will you record a save for these baseballs in need? These baseballs are bursting at the seams to share their stories. Stories of being rocketed hundreds of feet away, barreled up by some of the game's most relentless sluggers. Please, call the number on your screen. And for only $349, you can join the BBSB the Battered Ball Society of Baltimore. The BBSB lovingly authenticates battered balls collected at the stadium. They box them up, and they place them on sale at the Orioles team store on Utah Street. Your gift, which amounts to about $3 for every projected Orioles loss, ensures critical care for these balls. And when you take them from the park, you begin to stitch up their broken lives and give them the thing they need the most. A home. Call or join in the next 30 minutes and you'll receive a welcome kit with a picture of a baseball savagely battered in that house of horrors that we call Oriole Park at Camden Yards. We won't show you inspiring messages of balls who have been saved, no. We will bombard you with the uncomfortable images of baseballs led to disaster at the hands of inept quadruple-A pitchers. And all because we want to shame you. And we want that shame to separate you from your money. Please, call now. Jake, take my money. It's an important, it's an important issue, Scott. And I will not have you, I will not have you making light of these baseballs, which have given their all.
You know, they've been rolled in the mud. Their name has just been I'm, I'm not really sure we can talk about it anymore. Well, we'll give you a moment to comp- compose yourself so we can get ready for some fantasy balls. Oh, when it comes to kissing, I just gotta keep insisting, oh baby, you sure do swing. All right, Jake, Fantasy Boss. We had a two-week uh, kind of Fantasy Boss with runs scored. Uh, you went with Ronaldo Nunez. I went with Jonathan Villar. And lo and behold, both ended up at the top of the Orioles' runs for the two weeks uh, with eight runs each. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. How did we manage that? I have no idea. No idea how we came up with one and two. So, Jake, I'm going to let you pick the category this time. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Scotty? Yes. Dongs. Dongs to dongs, dongs. It's a dong fest. It's a dong fest. Hmm. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Dwight Smith Jr. Oh, that was my pick. <laughs> oh. um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really... De- desperately tempted to go with Chris Davis. I, Which just, you should. Just on principle. Yeah. I'm, I'm deeply... I'm going with Chris, Chris Davis. Chris Davis? Chris Davis. All right. The Crusher is back. He is going to start hitting three-run taters, uh, and it's going to be an absolutely epic uh, performance by Chris Davis next week because if, if we've seen anything from Jake English and Fantasy Boss, logic plays no role in these decisions, but yet somehow Jake is always right. So uh, I may have had too many drinks of the week if I'm picking Chris Davis in so an folks, offensive if, category. If you're looking to make some quick money this week, lay down all the money on Chris Davis this week because Jake <laughs> is certainly going to win big this week. So fantasy boss, we're going to go with dongs this week. I'm going to go with Dwight Smith. Jake is going with Chris Davis. Who will own it? And with that, let's do a little good, bad, and oh yes, a lot, a lot of ugly. That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Scotty, this week, let's talk about good. And when we discuss good, we have to discuss Andrew Kashner. This is probably the guy that the Orioles envisioned when they signed him to a deal to entirely too much money. Uh, this week, just a single start, but boy howdy, was it worth it. Seven innings pitched, a single earn run over that span, five strikeouts against a single walk, uh Kashner has been has been pretty pretty good all season and uh he's putting together deep outings uh when you know Hyde needs it the most. So he was good this week. All right, Jake. I'm gonna give it to him. I'm never gonna be able to get it to him again. I'm giving Chris Davis my good for the week. Man, this is such a weird episode. 
I'm going to give him my uh, 223 weighted runs created plus 505 Woba. Again, only 11 plate appearances, but two home runs out of those 11 plate appearances. Yes, Chris Davis, probably for the last time ever, will get my good for this week in Birdland. That just tells you how bad of a week it was in Birdland. No, no, no. You're not, you're not thinking about next week when he dominates with all no, those dumps. No, he's not going to dominate. <laughs> all right. My bad. My bad this I week. I appreciate you letting me get back into it. It's very chivalrous of you. <laughs> my bad this week goes to Joey Rickard. Uh, look, he's getting time like a major league starting center fielder. Cedric Mullers was sent down because he wasn't good enough to be here. So what is Joey Rickard doing? He's making a case that he's not good enough to be here. In six games over 22 plate appearances, uh, uh, an average of 182, a WOBA of 240, and a weighted runs created plus. Again, this is a scale in 100 of 44. Joey Rickard, yuck. Mine's going to go to Richie Martin, who, again, is just doing terrible at the plate. Um, negative 39 weighted runs created plus 117 Woba. Love the glove work. Hate the offensive production. Uh, I don't know how long they can really throw him out there and continue to see this kind of struggle. I mean, is Where's it the whole Drew season? Jackson? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Um, it's, it's just really bad. It is. It's terrible. Yeah. All right. My ugly for this week goes to Tanner Scott. Tanner Scott keeps getting, uh, uh, appearances he keeps getting chances still not liking what i'm seeing he's not shining back there in the bullpen um in in this particular week two-thirds of an inning four own uh for four earned runs with two homers uh you know tanner scott i don't think he should be lighting up the league or anything but i would like a little bit of hope that such a live arm can be a bullpen arm and we're just not seeing it uh jake my ugly for this week goes to myself i'm listening uh, this rarely happens so i am listening uh jake i've got to make a confession i didn't watch a single Orioles game this week oh my goodness now you were traveling some this week i was traveling so you were outside of the of the masson zone were you not yeah but that's not really a good excuse like i've got mlb.tv i've got you know mlb radio like i can i can watch the games here's the thing why oh no i don't know that i can answer that question um here's the only reason why i can consider watching games at this time i host a podcast (laughs) (laughs) so i do it for me scotty do it for me so i look at these games and you know i may occasionally you know watch the highlights i may occasionally pop in and watch an inning or two highlights highlights of the other team okay and i may watch an inning or two but I got to thinking this week, and this is why I'm in my ugly category of, I can't remember the last time I watched an Oreo game from start to finish. Okay. Okay. These are confession times. Thanks for the uh, OBP podcast no reference. Problem. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. Okay. But get your stuff together, Scott. Get, get my ish together. Get your head back in the game. Okay. I, I will do my best to uh, get my, my head back in the game. I mean, if I'm getting my head back in the game, what exactly am I looking for if I'm getting my head back in this game? Moments. Moments? You're looking for moments. You're looking for plays. You're looking for things that shouldn't happen but do anyway. Um, That's all you got. That's all you got. Because right now we're not seeing player development take place nope. at, the, at the major league level. Luckily, that hopefully, that's happening at the minor league level. Um, so you're looking at personalities, right? 
Hanser Alberto is a perfect example. This is a dude that's playing all over the field and pitching when the pitchers can't and drawing comparisons to players like Chris Dickerson and Ryan Flaherty. The Orioles fans are really good at falling in love with people they have no business falling in love with. You still know who Jeff Fiorentino is. I do. Why? Because we fall in love with people we shouldn't. And we're back to that. And we're back to that. And so embrace your Renato Nunez's. Do I have to? Embrace your Hanser Alberto's. Again, do I have to? You must. Damn. You must. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. Not happy about it, but it's fair. Um, I guess go ahead and blow the save. Oh, yeah. I think I think we're there. Okay. So we were talking about, in my confession, me not watching much of the Orioles. But you know what I am watching a little bit of? I'm terrified to find out, but go on. I've been watching a lot of minor league baseball and kind of the feed specifically for that. So I've been watching a lot of like the Frederick Keys. I've been watching a little bit of Bowie. And I got to tell you, some of the highlights for folks like D.L. Hall really get me kind of jazzed up grayson rodriguez i have again i haven't seen much because delmarva doesn't really post video too much but looking at some of the stat numbers that are coming out from folks like blaine knight and grayson rodriguez and dia hall really encourages me and says wow maybe the Orioles are going to do something differently with their pitching development now the position players have been absolutely hot garbage but i really like what i'm seeing from the pitchers and again for so long, we've talked about it. What would happen if this team was able to develop pitching? Maybe that change is starting to finally come. Maybe. From your lips to Michael Elias's ears. Yeah. And that that is our show. So remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. And please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback. It encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come, get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeview.com. B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I'll bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's when I occasionally can see you play. If I so choose. If I'm forced into it. I mean, we're to the fourth inning now, so I've only got five innings to go. I was really, really hoping that here on Monday night, during a Chris Davis at bat when I called him for dongs. Yeah, he was going to hit one right he there. He was going to hit one for A three-run homer? Didn't yeah. happen. Didn't happen. No. Left you with blue balls. <laughs> Left you with battered balls. <laughs> BBSB.
you're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.